Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So what does that look like? Write this down this morning. Here we go. If I'm filled with the Spirit, it's going to affect my speech. It's going to affect my attitude. It's going to affect my witness to the lost. It's going to affect my action. And last, all my relationships with people. My speech, if controlled by the Spirit, what will it be like? Encouraging, truthful. Do you ever think that you can be a better behaved Christian than you currently are? If you're honest, you'll say, of course we have. As we look at the life of Jesus, it's easy to see the gap between what he did and said and what we do and say. Pastor Mark will be teaching us the importance of doing life the way that Jesus did, to achieve the results that Jesus did. We'll hear how to trust the Holy Spirit to help us deal with the fear we might have, any apathy that might pop up, and the importance of humility. The best news is that living the Spirit-filled life is possible for the likes of you and me, if we're willing to do it in the same way Jesus did. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke with his continuing study, Keeping in Step with the Spirit. So what is it? Let me give you a definition. Don't try to write it down, but it's a really good definition. Here it is. The Spirit-filled life. It is a supernatural thing. It's not natural. You can't work it up. It's a state of man wholly unattainable by training. If I had every ministerial degree you could want, that has nothing to do with being filled with the Spirit. Uh, It's a state of man wholly unattainable by training, by reasoning, by human wish or will. It is nothing less than God in command, here we go, and control of man's whole life flowing everywhere into it, and here's the key, so that he may, the Holy Spirit, flow freely and fully out of it. So basically it's this. Look at me. When the Holy Spirit lives in me, if I am filled with the Spirit, he controls my life. It's not a robot. It's a submitting to his will. He's God. I can be led by the Spirit. I can know how to do this life. And you're going to see how practical that is in a moment. It's not something that you get because you're a good person. It is a gift that comes from God. Now, let's look. Acts chapter 2. Just go in your Bibles. Acts chapter 2. Scoot back. Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. Go to chapter 2. Before Jesus went back to heaven, he said to his disciples, You have the Holy Spirit in you. And some of you, by the way, this morning are not Christians. You're trying to do life. You don't have God in you. You'll get an opportunity to have your sins forgiven. And Jesus came to die for our sins. Every person is born a sinner. You can get saved this morning. You can come back to Christ this morning. 
So Jesus said to his disciples, you have God living in you. But if you're going to do what I did, you have to be filled with the Spirit. So he told them to wait in Jerusalem. Here we see in verse 4 what happened. 120 Christians are in the upper room. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Just look at me for a moment. When we're filled with the Spirit, it opens the door to a spiritual life. Spiritual gifts, speaking in tongues, healings, ministry, lots of things like that. It opens to discernment. It opens to the anointing. I pray before I speak every single time, God, fill me with your spirit. I can't do this in the natural. It has to be you speaking to people's hearts. I can't change your heart. Only God can speak to you. And so it opens that world. Now, notice what happens. As you just read that, we had 120 people in the upper room. How many were filled with the Holy Spirit? Tell me. All of them. So 120 people filled with the Holy Spirit, under the control, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, that dynamic power came upon them. Now, I want you to scoot over to chapter 4. You're close by, because I want you to watch this event. Now, how many were filled again? How many? All. So here we are. Peter and John were in the upper room, so they're part of the all. They go. God leads them in chapter 3 of Acts to heal a man who's never walked. And all of a sudden, that man begins shouting, no kidding, I'm healed, I can walk for the first time. And crowds came, but with the crowds came the religious leaders. They hated Jesus. They just crucified him. They didn't like this. It was taking their authority away. So they get John and Peter, put him in jail. And so now it's tough. And they're saying this to John and Peter. Don't you ever, in this town, speak in the name of Jesus again. And of course, Peter's going to respond to that. But look at what verse 8 says. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. You know what Peter's going to say to them? You can tell me not to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Now, why, if I'm filled and I never leak, why would Luke write, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit? That's because he was facing a very difficult situation. He was fearful. And so the scripture says he'd ask God, God, help me with my fear to continue to be bold in my witness. Remember, that's one of the whole keys to being spirit-filled is be a bold witness, Acts 1.8. So he was filled in the upper room, and he's filled here what? Again. So that should begin to pique your interest. Scoot on down, same chapter, verse 31. All these Christians get together. They're told by Peter the threat that's coming. It's going to be dangerous. There's going to be persecution. Watch what happens. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all what? All filled with what? With fear. No, no, with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God in tongues. No, they spoke the word of God how? Boldly. So once again, this is the third filling for Peter in a number of days. This is the second filling for many of those people who on the day of Pentecost have been filled. So we learn a huge principle. You want to write it down this morning. This is key to your life. Don't miss this. Here it is. 
The spirit-filled life, it's a lifestyle. It's not just an event. It's a lifestyle that is continually renewed and refreshed. Continually renewed and refreshed. People say, well, uh, are you filled with the Spirit? Yes, back in 1948. I received my baptism, and I'm filled with the Spirit. Mm, Probably not. So what do we mean by that? Listen to Billy Graham, none other than Billy Graham himself. Listen to what he says. Our failure to be filled with the Spirit constitutes one of the greatest sins against the Holy Spirit. It's interesting to note, he says, that the command to be filled, you'll see this in a moment, actually means to be continuously filled. We are not filled once and for all like a bucket. Boop, filled, done, over with. Instead, we are to be filled constantly. In fact, it is translated, be filled and keep on being filled. The greatest reason that continuous filling is necessary, now watch, is because we as Christians leak and sometimes we leak Badly. He said, Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? Leak. Well, here's what you want to write down. If I'm filled with the Spirit, whose control am I under? The Spirit's. So what does it mean to leak? Here it is. Very simple. Spiritual leak. We move back under our own control. Well, God, it's been nice. I can take it from here. When I need you, I'll call you, but pretty much i got enough wisdom, I've got enough ability, I'm a pretty smart person, I can do this. And we take it back under our control. Now, that doesn't work. I'm sure in your life, you've been in a group of people, or maybe with your spouse, and you were meeting some people, and you walked away, and you said something like this. I'll try to say it generically so it doesn't offend anybody. You walk away, and you say to your wife, he's so full of himself. (laughs) Ever said that? Or, she's so full of herself. By the way, if you have a teenager, that's kind of a normal thing that you say. (laughs) Well, what does it mean to leak? I'm so full of myself. I'm not full of the Holy Spirit. He's not in control. I'm in control. We know what that looks like. Because my nature is still sinful. I have that battle in me. And what is the primary thing in my nature? Selfish. I don't need you, God. And we're going to see some obstacles to that. So this is the whole key. Remember, the ability of man is not equal to the power of God. I can't do what God can do in me. Only God's power can do that. So if I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, I won't be led by the Holy Spirit. And if we're not led by the Holy Spirit, never will we accomplish greater. Never in our whole life. Paul knew this truth. Now, I want you to turn back to Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to give you a lot of practical things this morning that will help all of us to learn. Ephesians chapter 5. Remember what happened to Paul. Paul was a Jew, very religious Jew, very smart Jew. He hated Jesus. He loved God, but he hated Jesus. He was, pers- he was killing Christians. He was there watching Stephen be stoned to death. 
And he's on his way to Damascus to kill Christians. And God supernaturally intervenes him. You'll hear about Paul will be one of the three that I talk about with amazing grace next week. Well, God intervenes with him, sends him, uh, knocks him off the animal, sends him to a place he's blinded, then gives another disciple to come and pray for him. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins this amazing lifestyle of changing our world. Half of our Bible and the New Testament is like written by Paul. But watch what Paul says in verse 18. You're all there. Ephesians 5, verse 18. Watch Here's the command, first command to enable us to fulfill the challenge from Jesus. Do not get drunk on wine. Do not come under the influence of wine. Don't let the wine control you. Those of you that had problems in your background or you got drunk often before you came to Christ, you understand what that means. Paul says, don't, no different there 2,000 years. Don't let wine, don't let a control substance, and don't let narcotics control you or come under its influence, which eventually leads to debauchery, leads to just disaster after disaster after disaster. We just saw in the newspaper this morning, five people shot here in Florida. Where'd that come from? They came under the influence of what? Alcohol. Now, watch what he says. Instead, contrast, opposite. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. In contrast, come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Let Him control your life. Not wine, not alcohol, not your old nature. Let the Spirit. Now, how was that written? I want you to write this down. It will not make exactly sense to you English-wise, but it's exactly right doctrinally. Here it is. The command. Be constantly being filled. Be constantly being filled. In other words, ask God to help you, to control you, to say to him, I submit to your leading. Be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. So in other words, the filling of the Holy Spirit starts as an event, baptized in the Spirit. But then... We don't live off of that the rest of our life. Jesus did because he never sinned. You and I, it's a continual filling on a daily basis. As I already told you many times, if I'm counseling or trying to make a decision, those kind of things, I'm always asking that God, God, I need your wisdom. I come under your control. I submit it to you. And you'll see later, as I teach every week, sometimes God wakes me up at 3 in the morning. My wife said to me uh, on Friday morning, what the what were you doing up at 1 a.m.? Well, I was writing a few of these things for you guys. The Spirit was speaking to me. He's leading me to try to make it clear. You know, I'm not a very smart person, so I spend a lot of time trying to make it simple because I'm just simple. You guys are so brilliant. I have to make it simple for you. Do you understand that? Okay. All right. Now, I'm just like you. I need to come under the Spirit. Now, I'm going to share with you Those of you that are English majors will like this. I'm not an English kind of person, but what does that verb mean, keep on being filled? Let me share with you, and this will save volumes to you. You don't need to write it down. The verb in the original language, Greek, it's imperative. What does that mean? It's not an option. It's a command. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm a Christian. I'm not really interested in that. Good luck. It's a command. You'll never fulfill God's plan for your life, and we're continually filled with the Spirit. Number two, it's plural. That verb is plural. In the original language, it means all of Christians have to be filled. Number three, it's passive. I can't fill myself. I can't jump enough. I can't shout enough. I can't roll on the floor enough. I have to be passive. God 
Jesus, fill me with the Spirit. Number four, it simply means it's present tense. Keep on being filled. Now, what does that look like? If I come under the control of the Spirit, what does it look like? So in chapter 5, the whole rest of chapter 5 and chapter 6 kind of gives us a picture. It's very practical. Let me read a few things, and I'm going to show you in a moment. Here we go. Let's look at verse 19. Ephesians 5, 19. What does it look like to come under the control of the Holy Spirit? What's my life going to look like? Here it is. Speak to one another. Look at your verse. With psalms and hymns and spiritual song. Sing and make music into your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God, the Father of everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So what does that mean? Let me give you a little beginning understanding of that. The rest of this chapter, in chapter 6, speaks about our marriages, our children, our spouses, the places we work, the people we interact with, and how we interact with people at church. Wow. You mean, Pastor Mike, this being filled with the Spirit applies to all of those? Well, sure, that's where we live everyday life. So what does that look like? Write this down this morning. Here we go. If I'm filled with the Spirit, it's going to affect my speech. It's going to affect my attitude. It's going to affect my witness to the lost. It's going to affect my action. And last, all my relationships with people. My speech, if controlled by the Spirit, what will it be like? Encouraging truthful. I won't be lying to people if I'm not filled with the Spirit. I won't be tearing people down. If I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm going to be building them up. How about my attitude? It's going to be grateful. It's going to be positive. This is the day the Lord has made. I can't stand it. Well, you're not filled with the Spirit. I wish every day was Friday. can't stand work. Something wrong with you. My witness will be what? Bold. Why did I ask you to put one finger up? Because sometimes it's bold. You just have to be bold. My actions, what will they look like? The fruit of the Spirit. Earlier in the chapter, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness. Now, are we those things all the time? No. That's why I leak. That's why I need God to control me and forgive me and help me. Last of all, my relationships. Who is that going to affect? I already told you. If I'm filled with the Spirit, my marriage will be affected. My kids will be affected. I'll have time for them. My work will be affected. I can stand somebody else getting a promotion over me. And I'm going to trust God with it. Our church will be in unity. We'll be loving one another. We'll be positive people. You see, all of those things come from being filled with the Spirit. Now, Paul kind of gives us the second command. First, keep on being filled. Ask God to fill you. Why? Because we leak often. I leak often. Even in a single day, I leak. Don't look at me like that. You do the same thing. Exactly. Pretty soon I'm going, wow, what did I say that for? Now, go back up. I want you to look at verse 25, chapter 5. Same thing. Look at chapter 5 of Galatians. Galatians. Paul writes, again, it, you'll find it. it's very close. Just back one book. General Electric Power Company. Remember? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. See? 
You remember nothing else from the sermon but that. That's all right. <laughs> Galatians 5. Scoot on down, if you will, to verse 25. Here's our second command. Paul wrote this as well. Since we live by the Spirit, in other words, since the Spirit has given us life, when we accepted Christ, the Spirit came to live in us. Since we live by the Spirit, let us, say it with me, keep in step with the Spirit. Since the Holy Spirit has given us life, it makes sense to let Him direct our steps to be led by the Holy Spirit. So what is the second command? Here it is. The spirit-filled life is maintained by keeping in step with the Spirit. Now, there's a verse that we use often in marriage. If you have a happy marriage, you're going to understand verse Amos 3.3. Do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so? A happy marriage is that you eventually walk together. You did when you dated. Sometimes we get married. Oh, I want to go my way. Give me the controller. And, uh, you know, eventually you have to what? You have to be filled with the Spirit and work it out so you do things together. You do things together. So this is exactly what Paul says. Since we came to life, our sins were forgiven, and the Holy Spirit lives in us. This is God that lives in us. How about keeping in step with God? And not trying to do your own thing. So I need to be constantly filled because I leak. I'm I'm a control freak. I want to do my own thing. And then to show me another way, he simply says, it's going to result in the Holy Spirit's power and presence. It's a relationship. It's God living in me. And it should influence every aspect of our life. Now, Satan hates that. Satan's goal is to make sure that we don't accomplish what God said greater. So I'm going to give you four keys to overcoming the obstacles he puts in our life. So I want you to write them down. Here we go. Number one. Key number one. Keep in step by defeating pride. And pride is simply this. Thinking we can direct our own lives. I have the answers. I really don't need you, God. I can do this. Now, you're close by. You're in the right book. From Galatians 5, turn back to Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verse 3. Let me give you the history. Paul's writing this book, and Paul's going to say to the church, he's going to give them a warning. He's going to say, you become prideful, and you can never be spirit-filled by directing your own life. Watch Galatians 3.3. Paul says this, speaking to a church, just like our church. Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, after starting with the Spirit, after coming into control of the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? He says to the church, you began as a spirit-filled church. Church is nothing but people. It's not a building. And you're maturing. You were following the Spirit. You were in step with the Spirit. But now you're ignoring Him, and you think you can do life without the Spirit's power and by your own human efforts. Notice what He says. You're foolish. You're foolish. Pastor Mark taught on how living the Spirit-filled life will radically alter our existence. It will change our interaction with our family, co-workers, brothers and sisters in Christ. We will become more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus' life is any indication, it will annoy some folks. Thankfully, though, if we allow the Holy Spirit to control our lives, we'll find that we can love those people just like Jesus does. 
Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next part of Pastor Mark's message, we will hear the warning that the Apostle Paul gave to the church at Ephesus of becoming proud and taking control back from the Holy Spirit. We will also hear how we will fulfill Jesus' promise of doing greater things than he did and how that looks in our lives. We'll find out what God said to the Apostle Paul about fear. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.